Like he's on pace to annihilate 402 threes, which is an absurd comment to make, but absolutely real. Uh, the Warriors are the best team in the league on both ends of the floor. He's playing well enough. Like Curry, I don't even think is as good as he's going to be, but he has a 50 point performance under his belt. He has the win over the Nets under his belt on national TV. If you ask anybody that's a voter, they're going to say Steph Curry is the leader right now. I feel confident in that. I, we can come back around to it after Raheem gives his answer. I don't think necessarily he's the best value, but I do think I will say this. You can still get him at plus 250 or better. And I still think that there's value on Curry at anything that's above um, even. I think anything that where you're getting a plus number on him is value. I understand it's early. I'm telling you that by the time that this gets to be late enough where anybody would be like, okay, sure. All right. Now I feel confident Curry's going to win it. It's too late. The number will already be a minus and you're losing a lot of value. It's I bet him at plus 900 in preseason, had a big position on him, bet him again. And as soon as the season started, I saw the Warriors looked. Um, I still think there's more value now at plus 250. Steph Curry is unquestionably the MVP. Yeah, it, it uh, the season for all the weirdness, it has a very familiar feeling. We just rewind before the whole Kevin Durant thing. It's like, oh, the Warriors, the Warriors are just destroying everyone again. And Steph Curry is doing Steph things. Feels very familiar. Raheem, is Steph also your MVP choice right now? Oh, yeah, by far, he's my MVP choice. When I actually break down my MVP model, it actually gives him, like, I have two different models. I have a um, logistic regression model, which predicts the probability of a player winning MVP based on their individual stats. So it doesn't, it doesn't account for other players, unfortunately. So it's an individual thing. It actually gives Steph Curry a 99% chance of winning um, based on where he's at now. And then when I look at my... um linear regression model which predicts mvp shares it gives him 70 percent of the shares so and it's by far he's by far the top on most models yeah steph is my choice as well do we think that he would be a unanimous winner in our one month season would anyone not vote for steph yes yeah. he would not he would not be unanimous yeah i think would've... so i think he would be not far off but i think there'd be some votes for some of the other guys that we'll talk about uh, the Warriors, as long as the Warriors are 12 and two at a 70 plus win pace and Steph is doing this well, like we said a week or two ago, when we talked about this Steph's not even playing that great yet. Uh, yeah. Steph is playing that great. Now <laughs> his, his like advanced metrics his BPM EPM are as high as they have been since his MVP unanimous year. So he's the choice right now, Matt, were you to have a vote, would Steph Curry be your MVP vote? No. Okay. Wow. So is the person that you would vote for second on your MVP choice here? Yes. Okay. And tell me about Nikola Jokic. So he's number one in EPM, which look, all right, let me, let me back up. He's number one in basically every metric that's meaningful. Like he's number one, he's on pace with the best PER season dot, dot, dot of all time. Okay, fine. Well, I don't care about PER. It's a flawed stat and whatever. I don't need your network metrics. I don't need your metrics, nerd. Um, the level of talent disparity between what Nikola Jokic has and what Steph Curry has is right. Is just it is glaring. Guess who has the? I found this one this morning. The best net rating among starters. So if you just take the lineups, the players that started in the game and their net ratings, 
Denver's number one, not the Warriors. The Warriors are winning in part because literally every player on their team, I found this one on Tuesday when I, while watching the Nets game, every player in their rotation except Juan Toscano-Anderson, who is a minus 0.5 in net rating, has a positive net rating, which means that the Warriors are winning no matter who is on the court. They're winning handily their minutes without Steph Curry. Okay, Now, I have consistently said that you should not punish players for having good teammates. And I, I stick to that. Like, I believe that it's not Steph's fault that his teammates are good. That's a good thing. You're supposed to raise up teammates. I would counter, however, that what Jokic is doing, both on the defensive end, Curry's been good defensively. Jokic has been legitimately great defensively. And that his ability to raise the floor for a much lesser crew of players, raising them to the level that he has, shooting with the efficiency, um, Steph takes so many threes, right? Like bombs, all these threes that should help your EFG. Jokic has a better effective field goal percentage. How is the, I, and everybody's like, well, yeah, he takes two pointers at the rim that are contested with three people around him. Uh, to me, what Jokic has done is more impressive. And here, here's the biggest thing. If I just look at this and I say, who has done more to help their team win? The answer is Nikola Jokic. It's very slight. Curry would be an absolutely appropriate winner, but it's Nikola Jokic. And I think he's going to have value over the course of the season because a lot of these metrics indicate that as Golden State's schedule intensifies and they get caught in games where they're not going to get up for it, like the Nets game, which they clearly got up for, and they come back down to earth just like a little bit, just like a little bit, that probably the gap between those two teams tightens and, and there will probably be value on Jokic. I bet him at plus 1,600. Um, he's at 1,100 right now. I'm probably going to bet him again this week along with Steph. Those to me are the two guys that are running away with it. This is a two-man race right now. This is after Giannis dropped 47 last night. The Bucks are coming, but I think that this start may have put them behind a little too much. Um, I do think that it's tight, but to me, I would give it to Jokic right now, given how he's played and who he's playing with. I think it's very, very close, but to me, I think it's Jokic right now. So I'm going to try out a sentence I don't think that I've said before. Matt Moore, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I'm in. Jokic would be my vote. Jokic leads in BPM, OBPM, DBPM, VORP, WinShares, PER, all the other acronyms. He's, he's, he's leading by far in all of them. He's historically like the highest number we've ever seen from them. In our hypothetical one-month season, he has set records in many of these numbers. I agree. We agree that Steph would win our one-month MVP. Uh, but I do think, I agree, the Jokic, this is a two-man race. I think it's being framed as a three-man race. And Jokic and Steph, I just think, are a level above, especially, too, the Nuggets are nine and five now. They're the three seed. They're tied for the three seed in the West. And no Jamal Murray all season. No Michael Porter Jr. the last five games. Mm. Now no Will Barton, who's been really terrific for Denver. And they just keep doing the stuff. They're starting, going Jeff, they're starting Jeff Green, Monte Morris, and Austin Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, so, I mean, I think right now they have it. I mean, basketball reference has them at the five. There's a bunch of teams tied for that. Like, right. Yeah, so yeah, they're not technically the three you know. So, Raheem, here's my question for you. I, I was excited to hear about your model because I know we've talked about your model before. And your model correlates very heavily to PER historically, not because you think PER is the most important, but just because that's what the numbers say. PER is hitting all the counting stats. We like counting stats. 
So Jokic has a 35 PER, literally breaking historical records here. Is he second in your model? Where, where is he showing up for you? Yeah, he's actually second in both. So it's like he's, I mean, it's pretty much him, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry at the top of the list for everything. And I think that's pretty accurate for what the MVP race is. Right. So what, in your model with Steph first and Jokic second, with, with Jokic's numbers so strong, the PER and all the other things, compared to like historically, can you tell from your model, is it that Steph's case is even better and just so good he has to be first and so heavily in your model? Or is it that there's something missing in Jokic's case compared to some of the other usual numbers? Basically, the model takes seeding and wins above, like it weighs it so heavily. And we saw that all throughout last year with Embiid. So Embiid and Harden throughout last year, the model had them first over Jokic until they started to drop down and you saw they weren't playing as many games, but like seeding is probably like the biggest impact for these models, like for MVP performance, probably the biggest correlation. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a two man race. Cause I think okay. I still think Kevin Durant is still in it. And you see based on the way Brooklyn is playing, I think our perception is being hurt by the fact that Golden State just blew out nets. But I think this is not, I mean, long-term, I think Kevin Durant's still in it. So I think it's so a three man race. Durant is third in your in both your models. If we're throwing in Giannis, if we're throwing in Durant, we got throwing Giannis. Okay. I don't think it's. I'll say this. I when I say like it's a two man race, I think here's the difference: is like I think that that Curry and Jokic have established a lead. The other guys are going to have to catch up. Like it is not like where they're all kind of like right there, and if one of them just like has a burst and they're first, it's like they're trailing those t- those two. I think. I don't know. I mean, you know, Kevin Durant is having almost a 60, 40. Yeah, no, Kevin Durant's probably having the best, like one of the best seasons I've ever seen him have. He's like his mid, like his midi right now. He takes two dribbles, rises, fires. It's automatic. Yeah. Unless he's playing the world. Like, I really don't think he's that far behind. I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, there's going to be like, there's a couple of things here. One, do you think that record is real behind their defense? Do you think that record is real? You but do? I think the offense is, I don't, I think the offense is going to get better. Um, uh-huh. Is it going to be good enough to counter how bad that defense is probably going to be? With James Harden still looking like trash half the time? I mean, and you could, that's the same thing. Do you think that Jokic is going to continue to carry this team in this yeah, manner we saw it last year. with yes. all of these injuries? Yes, we saw it last year. Like, we okay. literally saw it last year. We did. We did see it last year. Okay. Like, he's certified. Like, he's just. So, uh, here's, like, a good example of it. Um, if we look at adjusted net rating, Brooklyn is 13th in offense and 8th in defense. Okay? Let's say that they get top five. That defense, I think, will plummet, plummet at some point. Look, I, I think there's, like, if you're looking for a long shot, I'm with Raheem. Like, if you're looking, if you're like, I don't want to bet one of the short guys. I want to bet somebody that's longer. It's, it's KD. Like, um, if KD carries them to 55 plus, here's the biggest thing. If you want to uh, pull a Raheem and bet against human achievement, then KD is also the answer because uh, if Jokic gets hurt, that team falls off a cliff. If Steph, who has a history of getting banged up a little bit, or if the Warriors just, just the schedule, t- like their schedule has been soft, like they still are beating good teams, but the schedule has been soft. They played a ton of games at home. They slide a little bit. The Nets keep winning because they're trouncing all the bad teams, right? Then KD 
get to that top. Like, there's no question that if you ask who, like, this is the difference between most valuable player and best player. If you ask who's been the best player in the NBA this season, I think everybody's saying either Giannis or KD. If you're saying who's been most valuable, I think most people are playing Steph or Jokic with a couple of, of, of things for, for, for KD. I agree KD's in the conversation. Um, yeah. Brandon, you asked about like three, four, five. It's yeah. three would be KD. Four is Jimmy Butler in terms of who I think would win. Uh, I think if the, if the Heat went on another run, like Butler grades out, he's third in EPM. And he's third in a lot of the impact metrics and that heat team got to an outrageous start. And then five is Giannis, which is crazy. Cause like Giannis has been absolutely fantastic. It's just like no brick Lopez, Chris Middleton got COVID Drew Holiday got hurt. Like when they, if they get healthy and go on a massive run, Giannis is going to be right back in that conversation. Cause you're seeing it versus the nets. And then again, last night versus the Lakers, Giannis is having games where it's just like, good luck. Like there's nothing you can do. You can't do anything versus him right now. There's nothing you can do. Um, the most unstoppable players in the league right now are. Yeah, uh, this is what's interesting. The most, the three most unstoppable players in this league right now are Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jokic. Not Steph Curry. Depending on how you you frame the the MVP discussion, you will get three different answers. But those those like four guys are in the conversation, no matter how you like what parameters you put it on. Yeah, I think that question mm-hmm. is is the reason that the season award right now would not be unanimous for Steph because some voters would ask that question and then not choose Steph. Number one, he would still win and overwhelmingly because he would still be second or third on all those ballots. But I think there would be some that would say, well, Giannis has just been the best player. So I'm picking him or Durant or Jokic. Uh, my ballot, I have Durant third. He would not be third on my personal ballot, but I agree that he would have the support to get there. Jimmy Butler fourth. This is insane. But Giannis is not even on a postseason team right now. So I have him off my ballot. I have Chris Paul fifth just because the Suns are on a 10 game. That's fair. No, that's fair. If you're if we're doing who like who would win, Giannis can't win for a non-playoff team. You're absolutely right. No, that's that's actually like a really good call. Um that's a that's a really good call, Brandon. I'm not even kidding. Um I don't even know who like who goes outside of me. Uh, uh, what about PG? Yeah, I, I had him on my list. Yeah. Like I honestly, I, I oh, oh the guy, the guy that bet on Paul George in preseason win MVP has got. <laughs> look, takes, when when you look at the Clippers, they are nine and five. They have the same exact record as the three seed, as Jokic, the, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, and it's all because of him, really. Like I mean, he's first in defensive win shares. He, he, I mean, he's putting up twenty-seven points per game, eight rebounds, five assists. His advanced metrics aren't on the level of a Jokic or a Giannis or a Steph Curry or Jimmy Butler. But I mean, it's obvious that this team can't score without him out there. So I think Paul George is MVP candidate. So before we move on from MVP, we're betting podcasts. So I want to know what, what's the value that you would play not necessarily now who, who we pick for a one month award, but for betting on the actual season, uh, I'll go first. Cause I have a couple long shots as I always do. Not necessarily long shots, but longer odds that I think that there's some value there. Jimmy Butler at points bet is 30 to one right now. I just think the way that Butler is playing, the way that the Heat are playing, I think there's a possibility. It's going to be tough because Jokic and Steph and Durant and Giannis are so good. And Butler is not going to beat any of those guys head to head if it just comes down to it, I don't think. But like at DraftKings right now, Jimmy Butler and John Morant, have the exact same MVP odds at DraftKings, which is absurd and so disrespectful. John Moran um, has been nice, but Butler's been amazing. 
that, do you do you recall when among the players that you laughed at me for for taking MVP positions in preseason was Jimmy Butler when I grabbed him at plus sixty five hundred? I, I recall you bringing this up. I also recall having Butler on an MVP list of mine at some point. So I'm going to give you credit for it. I will take it. But I, I think there's value there. Chris Paul is 125 to one at BetMGM. He's not going to win MVP, but he is fifth on our ballot right now. So that would imply some value there. The other name I'm keeping an eye on that if they really, if the three start to fall, that could make a run. I think Donovan Mitchell, I could see being a guy like the volume is up. We're seeing a little bit closer to the Donovan Mitchell we saw in the playoffs of, of like the three point volume. He's 45 to one. I think he ends up, even if he makes a run as a back of ballot sort of guy, but I think we want the jazz to have an MVP candidate if they get that one seat again. So I think he could get it. It's a, Stop shaking your head at me. It's a 45 to one is too long of a number. He gets down to like 25 to one. And we say, oh, Brandon was right. There was value, but he still didn't win. Yeah. And then you sell and get your money back out of it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're doing it based off of I'm going to cash out after All-Star, if they make it available for cash out, like that's the trick, right? Like the book has to let you. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Like, I like I love a bunch of these that I did. I'll be cashing out when the, when the odds are shortened. Um, I mean, look, I keep bringing up EPM. If you're wondering why I care about this, this is a new stat that came out last year at dunksin3.com. And uh, the reason that it tracks with me so much, this was last year's top five for EPM. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, one and two. Kawhi Leonard, third. Rudy Gobert, fourth. Steph Curry, fifth. Uh, Chris Paul didn't land on this list because Steph Curry, Chris Paul was basically, oh, the Suns were really good. Let's give them a little bit of a shout out because they won a lot of games. Not a serious candidate, right? Um, the year before, Number one was Giannis. Number two was Harden. Year before, it was uh, Harden, Curry, George, then Giannis. But still, you're seeing that like EPM tracks very well alongside who the guys are in that conversation. So EPM, I think, is a, in my opinion, EPM has been the best place when I looked back do at they, the lists. Go ahead. Do they have, um, how, how far does EPM go back? Uh, EPM has it back to 2014. Oh, uh, okay. Damn, so bad. you can't, we can't, we can't do a, re- a regression on it past then, but I will just say like, I actually don't mind that because a lot of it is, I think the league has evolved to a place where you need mod- like you have to consider the modern era yeah. very specifically. Um, I think that I still think like, if you're putting together a position, let's say you want to put, take a hundred bucks and you want to bet on three guys. I would do Katie. I would do Giannis. And I would do one of Curry or Jokic, whichever you would prefer. Like I would do one of those two. Like, do I think that yeah, like Steph, there's, a, I will say this, there's very little standing in Steph's way, yeah. right? Like there's just not a lot standing in Steph's way. The West is winnable. They are racking up wins. They already have a lead. I, I just, I think Steph is going to, that number is going to shorten. If you're betting one person, bet Steph. If you're betting three, take the long shots is how I would mm-hmm. say it. So I, I disagree with Durant. The best I can see for him is five to one. I just don't think there's a lot of value on five to one there. I, I, that doesn't mean that he can't win it. You know, in preseason, we all talked about Giannis being a good value as just kind of like a default choice and someone else will have to, to beat him. I think Durant has maybe taken over that spot. He's going to be in the mix and his, his floor is low, so he's not going to go anywhere. But five to one, I just don't like the way that Jokic is playing, the way that Steph is playing Butler, like, there are other guys that are going to beat that. I don't think five to one gives you a ton of value because I don't think we're going to get this amazing runs away with it. Durant season. It's going to have to be the like, Oh, well, Kevin Durant, best player and nobody else really stood out above him. So I don't like the value on it. 
Raheem, do you have any values or uh, plays here before we move on? Um, I think you want to take Steph Curry now because I, I think he's just by far the most likable of all of these guys. And, you know, this is basically 2015 again. So, I mean, I, I play Steph Curry. I think you can – I think I would play Jokic as well. I think I would play Jokic as well because I think that, that that's going to drop at some point. But I'm not really seeing anybody else that I'm really, like, in love with right now that I don't think is going to be there um, later on. So. All right, let's move on to Rookie of the Year. We're obviously going to go much faster on the rest of these awards. A lot of these, I think, also have a more unanimous choice. We're not going to do full ballots either. So Rookie of the Year, Raheem, who is your current Rookie of the Year after one month? I mean, obviously, it's Evan Mobley. Like, I I just, I mean, it's unfortunate because the top guys have kind of, like, flamed out. But, I mean, Mobley is, like, probably one of the best big men we've seen, like, into the league in a while. You know, 14.6 points. He's getting eight rebounds a game. It's unfortunate he's, you know, he's hurt right now and he's going to miss two to four weeks with the right elbow sprain. But I think he's the front runner. Um, if it's not him, obviously, it's Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I agree with that. Matt, is that your order of the top two as well? Nope. I have Barnes one. Um, okay. What's the case? He stands out more on highlights. Scotty Barnes, he is averaging 16 points per game. And yeah. then if you look at, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm very important for preseason. He's also averaging eight rebounds per game. We know that how important those rebounds are. Um, and then if you look at Evan Mobley, you know, obviously the rebounds are going to be there because he's a big, but uh, 14.6 and eight. So Barnes is producing more. Like that's going to be a, a, a significant factor. Barnes is, it has arguably been the best or second best player on the Raptors. Now I think the Raptors are going to fall off. But it says something now. A team with OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet, like you can make the argument, Scott has been more impactful. He's defending. He makes a bunch of plays. Um, a good one to, to kind of track is read how beat writers for the opposing team react on Twitter when they're watching him play. And they're like, wow, Barnes is another great play. And wow, Barnes is locking up so-and-so. Mobley stands out as well. Mobley's been way better than we thought he was going to be from a production standpoint. Um Going to have the injury. That's a significant thing. You can miss more games and still win rookie of the year. That's an important thing here. Games lost do not matter as much for rookie of the year as they do any other award, but especially MVP. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Barnes, as long as he continues to shoot decently, which is starting to tail off a little bit, then I think Barnes has a really good chance of stealing this, even though everyone's going to be like Mobley's better. Um, it all kind of, to me, depends on how the Cavs season evolves. And there's a lot of ifs with that too. Yeah. I, I have to go with Mobley here on the one month award and it goes against what I normally default to here, which is that this is a counting stats award. Scotty Barnes, like you said, is leading Mobley in points and rebounds and assists. All three of those he's ahead. It's a pretty easy open and shut argument. Mobley if, if you want to pick Mobley, the argument for Mobley has to do with the record. It's an MVP sort of argument, which is not how we do rookie of the year usually, but the Cavs are nine and six. The Raptors are five and eight. It's a big difference. And Mobley, the way that people are talking about him, both in how he's impacting the team right now and as a, a generational prospect, I think would trump the numbers difference that there is. I do think Scotty's numbers are going to come down a little bit, especially now that Siakam's back. His numbers have dropped to 14 and a half and seven, which is basically Mobley's numbers. And so they're going to you know, go down, down a little bit there. Do we think, so I'm seeing Scotty at plus 250, Mobley at plus 300 at BetMGM. Are either of you betting odds for either of those guys right now? I'm not. 
I don't, I don't have like a lot of, I, I want to wait a little bit. I, I think, I think we're really early in a season with a lot of weird results and weirdness around, especially with the rookies. Right. Honestly, like I'll say this, if we're betting, it's like Cade's got the best value. Right. Like I think Cade shot horribly to start the season. He's at a low point. You can still get him. Um, you're getting him still at this point at plus 300. That's really good value. I don't want to go back in on Jalen Green because good God, the Rockets offense is a mess. Um, but I do think that, that Cade's got value at three to one here just based off of the fact that like surely he must shoot better. And so, you know, he's shooting well in the clutch. Cade's probably got the, if you're looking for a, a play, it's Cade at plus 300. Yeah, plus 375 at BetMGM. I I think there is some value there, but I don't think you necessarily have to rush into it. It, There is a chance that with Mobley out, if Cade suddenly plays really well, that the odds could flip a little bit and you lose some, but I don't think he's going to run away to the spot where I thought he might have a month or two ago. But 13, five and a half, three and a half, the numbers, even though he's played pretty terribly so far by what we expected, the numbers, which is what's going to matter in the end, are not so far down. So I agree of the three, He's the, he's the one that I would play, but I'm not really rushing to play any of those. Uh, let's go to most improved. Matt, who's your most improved player after one month? I think Jaw wins it right now. I don't know if that's going to hold. Um, the Grizzlies' are, defense is so bad. Uh, there are, actually, I will say this. I dug a little bit into them for a column going up on action that I think they're probably going to be okay because a lot of it is just like the bench has, has underperformed to such an insane degree. Like Their starters are good. And their starters are good if you have Kyle Anderson. It's basically like if you take Jaron Jackson off and you put in Xavier Tillman, they just fall into oblivion. So it, they'll probably get that unit coached a little bit better or they'll add a veteran. So I think it'll be okay. Jaw fits all of our categories for this, right? Though we looked at we looked in preseason about who's gonna get like an all-star nod. And I, I will say, like, I'll absolutely cop. This is one where I was wrong because Brandon was advocating for Jaw, and I was like, no, they already think he's really good. I just wasn't expecting Jaw to make this kind of a superstar leap. Like he's been so spectacular. Now, if he falls off a little bit, this team's in trouble, right? Yeah. So I think he takes a yeah. hit there. Um, but the only other name I think that is even like reasonable to suggest is Miles Bridges. Like Jordan Poole, I think has been awesome, but I don't think he's going to wind up winning. And I'm really mad about the Jordan Poole stuff because like we're going to be on the right side of the value and not win on Jordan Poole for six man or a most improved. I'm very annoyed at it. Um, but I do think that Jaw's probably the leader right now. The only other person in that conversation is probably Tyler Hero. Jaw wins it right now. Um, I don't know how the voters are going to go with this. This may be a very split vote if things continue on the one month track. The thing I'm like, the thing that I, I know we always talk about because we, we mapped it out during the offseason, but how you kind of have to become an all star. But it's like, Jaw has already been seen as like pretty good. Yeah. And it's I like, my. Miles has jumped from 12 points a game to 21. And it's like the leap that he's making is literally the most improved. <laughs> but do we think, do we think that's sustainable though? Like, do I think, do you look at Miles Bridges and go, yeah, that's a 21 and eight guy. And do we think that that's what the voters are going to vote for? Because I think that Miles Bridges is as a most improved candidate. I think that he is this year's Jeremy Grant. And it's different. It's not the same because it's not like he suddenly is just on a new team in a new role. But it's it's that candidate that that whose odds were up near the top of the list all last year that we kept taking seriously. But he never quite made that real all star jump. It was like just 
a half a tier below. I mean, it also helped that, that, that the, the, the Pistons were like tanking last year. And For then, sure. And then you also had another candidate in Julius Randle and even Zach Levine who were making playoff pushes. So maybe that's the thing that kind of takes Bridges out. I mean, but I think the Hornets can make the playoffs. And if yeah, he's well, one of, if he's one of the, they're a top six seed right now in our one month. Yeah, season. like if he's oh, a if he's a that. catalyst to help this team make the playoffs, like yeah. that's what he has over over Jeremy Grant. So I think it's John Morant here for the reasons that we've said. And again, we, we keep talking about it, it's got to be someone that makes an all star leap. But if we look at the list, here, mm-hmm. here are the top candidates: John Morant, Miles Bridges, Tyler Hero, Cole Anthony, Dejounte Murray, Jordan Poole, OG Ananobi. John Morant is by far the most likely of any of those names to be an all-star this year. I think Miles Bridges maybe could have a shot because the East all-star pool is, is pretty open. One other name that kind of fits here, that is John Morant a year later. LaMelo Ball has been awesome this year. LaMelo Ball is 55 to 1 at draftings right now. I think LaMelo might possibly be the best guard in the East right now. And if LaMelo keeps playing the way that he is, the way his numbers are, the way his production is, he would be an East All-Star starter right now. And I think that that's an interesting, very long shot that is more or less the same sort of case as John Morant. Like, I'm not about voting for young players who we already knew were great being great. Like, that's what we do with this award, though. You're making a face at LaMelo, Matt. You don't like it? Uh, I'm making a face at, like, the best guard in the East. That yeah. <laughs> let's let's settle. Let's you know. Um, yeah, I don't hate it. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't think. I think it's weird, right? This perception thing. The, the All Star thing is messing with me. I think because John Lamelo are two players that were already considered sensational. So I'll say the biggest knock on Lamelo. I don't think voters want to vote for second year guys. Yeah, it's there is this idea of like well, you're supposed to be better in the second year. Like your rookie year, you don't know what you're doing. Right. It's so I, I don't I, I have a hard time with that. Jaws made such a leap. It's I'll say this. It's too early to vote on MIP. We do need another month. Yeah. Like once we get those first all star ballots in, maybe we can start looking at this at this a little closer. I don't because if jaw falls off a little bit, just if it's three point shot, which has known been, been known to go up and down, then his value decreases. And if we're following the all star model, I don't know who else gets in that conversation. Right. So. It's you know, one one name that I bet that it's frustrating to me that he's not going to be in the discussion is like that fits our our, our all star model is Zach Levine. Bulls are at the top of like Bulls are at the top of the East playing great story of the league awesome stuff. Nobody's paying attention to Zach Levine. Nobody like nobody cares. I'm just like, but he's he was great. Lot, but you he's going to be an all star. What? Why are you? So um, Zach Levine's been better than Lamelo Ball, by the way. Just so just so we're clear on that. Yeah, I think that would be the two East Guard starters on the All Star team right now. One other name here, not going to win, but if you if you want to cash out value, Kalen Horton Tucker. Uh, I was gonna say him. Yeah, putting up numbers, and I'm seeing at Fox Bet and Points Bet, hundred to one, Kalen Horton Tucker. This is the Laker. That's that's the argument. Kalen Horton Tucker is gonna put up numbers on the Lakers. You're gonna get better value. You can cash out. So he's probably not gonna get there, but I don't know. He's been very good so far. All right. Real, real quick, real quicker than our last real quick awards. Defensive player of the year. I got Draymond in a runaway as the defensive player of the year right now. Does anyone not have Draymond? I got Draymond. I got Draymond. He's still plus nine. He's still plus 900 at DraftKings. Like, how? How? I've had a 1,400 on on, uh, Futures Friday on NBA bet. uh, NBA.com slash NBA bet. Like, yeah, I got Draymond. 
And this that number, that number only just dropped yeah. below a thousand in the last yeah. day or two. It's wild. It's wild. There, there's still value on it. You still yeah, I, need to bet that number. Um, I will say like Bam, I think is going to probably pick up votes. Anthony Davis being on this list at all, let alone be in plus 600 is absurd. Go check out my article on market slumpers. I have an entire video clip of nothing but him and DeAndre Jordan failing to cover on the perimeter and like giving up layups. Like Anthony Davis has not been the defensive player. Everyone says he is good player. Really great player. Great defensive player. Genuinely not that much of an impact guy. This is crazy to me. Stop acting like Anthony Davis is in Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green's stratosphere. Not the same kind of dude. Keep, let's keep going. All right. Sixth man of the year. Tyler Hero. Yes. Tyler Hero. Yes. Definitely Tyler Hero. 22 points a game. Very obviously the exact sort of person that we give six man of the year to. I can't wait to spend the entire rest of the season arguing that Tyler Hero should not be the sixth man of the year, only for him to actually be the sixth man of the year. I mean, it's going to happen. If it's not Tyler Hill, it could be the MVP, Montrez Harrell. Say it. It should be. Let's go. Be Montrez Harrell. Montrez I mean, Harrell. If you're betting, no, we're all in agreement on this, right? If you're betting, if you're, if you want the best value right now, it's Montrez Harrell. Here, here's the best value. The reason why he's the best value over Tyler. Tyler may wind up starting. He's playing so well. Yeah. Trez is not going to start. Yeah, and Tyler Hero is literally minus odds at FanDuel. We're a month into the season. And like, look, 22 points a game, they're 21.7, I think right now. That's great. That's 15 games. If he goes back to what he did last year, 60 games of, let's say, 14 points a game. Maybe he doesn't fall that far, but over a whole season, 15.5 points a game. Like 22 for a little stretch is not that much over a whole season. It's crazy after a month to make Hero this much of a favorite. Trez is 15 to 1 at FanDuel. That's an insane number. Trez what's, is what's he's, mellow? He's 30 to 1 at FanDuel. 10 to yeah. one at bet MGM. He's 2,500 so. at, at, uh, DraftKings. So he's, 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 he's Montrez Hill, I think is fourth or yeah. fifth in EPM. Yeah. He's fifth in BPM. He's ahead of Kevin Durant. He's literally has a per of 29.1. Like, but we, yeah. you know, we've said consistently that the impact stuff doesn't matter, right? That like, yeah. it's, it's all about scoring, but Trez is scoring. Like when we, we put this out in the preseason, we were talking about how like you need to be at like 19 ish. He's at 18 and nine. Like yeah. he's right there for a team winning. And Tress has been legitimately good on defense too. I want to say, I want to shout him out because it, for a guy that has been so bad, yeah. he's been good on defense this year. Yeah. Like I think Montrez Harrell and Carmelo Anthony are absolutely value plays right now for six man. If you want to bet it, that's, those are the two to bet. Yeah. Trez's yeah. numbers are not going to fall off either. Like hero can just go cold and miss shots for a while. Trez is just going to keep making layups and dunks every time. Like you don't go cold yeah. from two feet away. So I, I agree. 15 to one is insane for him. All right, last one, coach of the year. Billy so Donovan, one, Billy Donovan. It's Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan's going to win. He's still plus 700. It's Billy Donovan. Bet now. Go get Billy Donovan. What about, what about, what about Wes Unsell Jr.? I'll, if the season tell ended me, today. T- tell me why it's not. No, if the season ended right now, which is the concept that we're doing, the Wizards are the number one seed. They're 10 and four. Wes Unsell Jr. would win coach of the year. Absolutely. But he's not going to. Because the Wizards are not going to stay the one seed all season. I think the Bulls have much better staying power. And Donovan has a much better value to win the award. Right now, after a month, Wes Unseld has to be coach of the year. I disagree. I, I legitimately disagree. So, look, I, I, I covered Wes. Wes is awesome. And I'm so happy that he's having the success. It's really great. I would say that the story of the season so far has been the Bulls. And if you want the proof of it, like, they have a team that they're without Nikola Vucevic, who's been missing for weeks now with COVID and was terrible before COVID. Um, 
and they're still dominant offensively. Like there's, they're still seventh in adjusted defensive rating, 11th in off adjusted offensive rating. Uh, the wizards on the other hand are 20th in adjusted offensive rating while fourth in adjusted defensive rating. So I'm telling you that like it, it right now, I genuinely think Billy Donovan would get a ton of votes. Here's a, here's a big part of it. I think that the coaches influ- influence this vote more than any other by talking to r- reporters. And I think that while Wes is, is like the son of a legend, gonna, like been in the league a long time, Billy is, Billy is very well liked by the, by the community. And I think a first year head coach would have some level of trouble getting it over Billy Donovan. Um, either way, even if you want to say that he would win right now, that's fair. Like I think Wes has done an amazing job. Like this Wizards team, like, wow, how could they, like they're this good. I think the Wizards are probably going to fall off. I think that why well, dug into some of the metrics, some of the defensive stuff is a little bit. Ee- I mean, they pretty so, much have the, the same Jedi mind trick three point defense that the Knicks had last. Yeah. So and that, <laughs> that didn't fall off, right? It's it's tough to tell when that regression is going to hit. But I do think that ultimately, um, I, I just think I'm very, I feel very strongly that Billy Donovan is going to wind up winning Coach of the Year. I think there's great value on him at nine to one. That's interesting because I had a really hard time trying to figure out who I actually would pick for this award long. Yeah. Because you look at the bulls and you just, your brain just moves on. You just like, like, Oh, it can't be the bulls. They're terrible. Like it's same thing with the wolves. I have Donovan in in the mix for number three in my ballot. The guy that I have number two, that is the, the leading candidate according to the books is Steve Kerr. So here's what I want to know what the warriors are 12 and two. They're on a 70.3 win pace. They're not going to keep that up. But if the Warriors finish with 65, 68 wins, something like 10, 12, 15 wins ahead of the rest, like what is what do the Warriors have to finish at for Steve Kerr to win this award? 60 plus. So they're at a 71 pace right now. So they can mm-hmm. seriously slow down and still finish no, think, at 60 plus. So if you, is if there you value? Think, if you think they're going to win 60 plus games, there's value on Kerr. My last name here, you'll like this one, Matt. I think it's disrespectful that Michael Malone is 30 to one at at MGM. Michael Malone should be getting attention. And if the Nuggets actually stay this high, Jokic will be in the MVP, but Malone is going to have to get some attention for votes and has never really been in the race and should have been lots of years. So he he might be my number three. It'd be either him or Donovan right now. So 30 to one that if I wasn't going to play, that's the one I might play. All right. That is going to wrap it up for buckets today. For Matt Moore and Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson. We'll be back next week for fantasy episode on Monday with Dan Titus and Adam Koffler. Tuesday, big picture, Wednesday workshop, and then a Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the games and enjoy your weekend. Let's get buckets.